The open home hour here at Rosie on the house. Open to you, the Arizona homeowner. Whatever you want to talk about your home, castle, or cabin. one 767 4348 That's 1-888-ROSIE for you. Text questions can be sent to 411-923. Or you can email us at info at rosieonthehouse.com. We're here this hour to take any question you might have. And like I say, it's our job to plant in your heart the desire, the motivation, and the ambition to get it done. We also try and fill your brain with the information, the experience, the tips, and the tricks of the trade so you know how to get it done and get it done Rosie Wright, right here at Rosie on the House. And we can help you by talking to you. one 767 4348 is the way you'll reach us right now. Sweet Jennifer will pick your call up, we'll get your question posted, and Romy and I will get to it just as quick as we can. I want to give you all a notice. We were talking in the last hour about preparing for natural loss at your home and pre-preparing and pre-pre-pre-preparing all the steps you had to take. Well, I've got a tip for you right now about pre-preparing for the Arizona desert summers. SRP has started their shade tree seminar programs and if you are a srp customer you should log on to srpnet.com forward slash shade trees and you can register to attend a small seminar on tree planting and tree care and for the attendance at that seminar you will get a free shade tree to take home and plant if you are an SRP customer. So that's a small point of pre-preparing for the oncoming summer here on the desert floors in the great state of Arizona. It is coming. That I know. And we can help you get prepared for it. All right? Um, Well, we certainly got our share of press coverage uh, nationally over the last uh, 10 days. Uh, I actually saw a headline in another major city's newspaper. Managing the wasted at the Waste Management Open. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I wonder how many many are local. You know, you go... Can't be us. You go to Mardi Gras in New Orleans, and nobody's local. All the locals get the heck out of New Orleans. Well, they do. That's true. That, that's like the biggest ski weekend in Colorado for Louisiana. Yeah, that's Mardi Gras week. Get out of here. All these crazy people are coming to be crazy and tear up our town. How, how many of those people at Waste Management are, are local, you think? I don't know. I hope not many. I don't know. <laughs> All the good ones are ours. <laughs> but uh, uh, it, it, they pulled it off. They've uh, apparently 
learn some lessons on future management and they're going to change some things. It's obviously been a great event for many years run by the Thunderbirds and the money that's been rerouted to local charities and the awareness that has come up. You know, my only my only heartburn about it is that generally it's uh, broadcast globally and it's perfect weather in the middle of January and people are in their igloos watching a 12-inch color screen TV saying, why don't we move there? Exactly. It, it, is, it probably has done as much to increase the population of Arizona as any other single event uh, in all of Arizona. Well, watching people cold and wet this past one probably made a dent in some of those people. Uh, you know, the sad thing about the tournament, it was a great finish. It was a tie. Yes, you had to it play was. two holes, and it was worth And I had to go back between that and the Super Bowl. I know, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, okay, commercial, come back. Go, yeah. It was nuts, but... They'll get it fixed, uh, I guarantee. Yeah, get knowing the caliber and character of the group that run it, that it'll it will, no doubt about it. On the way of catch up, uh, Jennifer ran a little segment last week about all these letters y'all are getting. We we got it at, at my house and and the, the rental property, and it's from a company on the East Coast that wants to insure my water line because they know both of the homes we have are older homes. They were both built in the 60s and the 70s. Uh, and they're offering to insure me for up to about, I don't know, what is it, $5,000, up to $10,000 under some, some circumstances for a low, low price of about $30 a year. And we're being asked all the time, Rosie, is this worth it? Is this worth it? Is this worth it? Um, I can tell you it seems awfully tempting to jump on board but if you do with a company from the east coast you have little or no say about the work that's going to get done we would encourage you to take these letters as a reminder to call your existing homeowner insurance agent and first verify that you don't already have that coverage in your homeowner's policy some homeowner policies cover it some you're allowed to put a simple little rider on and cover it and in that case you are allowed to control the situation with local people local contractors and we would greatly encourage you to make that phone call before you signed up for the service from a company on the East Coast. Well, I've never seen an Arizona Highways magazine that I don't like. But this one that's out on the stands right now about history is absolutely, February 2024's issue of Arizona, absolutely is one of the most enjoyable issues well, I could ever remember reading. I could not put it down. Of course, part of that is an eight-page story on the snowball. <laughs> but if you haven't been to the newsstands and you haven't grabbed your February edition of Arizona Highways, I couldn't encourage you more urgently to grab it because it is a great issue on historical events, the history contents of this great state of Arizona. Because uh, we celebrated, of course, our state's birthday, February 12th. Mm -hmm. I'll have to come steal that one from it's you. It's called the history is your here. I'll loan this one to you. I put my I'm gonna put my name. I'm a dog here though, and let you know it just belongs to Daddy. <laughs> In the way of other local headlines, we've got uh, Fire and Bisbee. Man, oh man! I hadn't seen that one. What when, was that? What? When uh, did that one happen? That was I think Tuesday night or Wednesday night. 
Wednesday night. I think it was a Wednesday night. Wednesday night. Yeah. It was Wednesday yeah. night. Uh, kind of heartbreaking to see a, a great, quaint little town like that that has the downtown so so well preserved and restored and ready to serve the public. Uh, and in, in, in this instance, you know, they did have a fire back in the early 1900s. A lot of the downtown was rebuilt in masonry. As a matter of fact, from the from the front page photo, you can see that a lot of the the, 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 the tall, narrow, shotgun-style buildings, uh, yeah, the roof is gone. Yeah, the windows are now, it's a see-through building. <laughs> but that masonry facade is still there, and the two masonry buildings on each side are still there. <laughs> and, oh, man, what a heartbreak. That is. What caused it? Do they know that well, yet, or is it still under investigation? I, I could not answer that. I do not know. When I saw the pictures, the overhead shots, in the first time, I'm reminded of fires at, on Bourbon Street in New Orleans. Because, you know, the fire department, they have to be on top of that. Those buildings are 150, oh. 200 years old. Oh. And, that, and, and there's not much masonry. No, it's that's wood. Right. That's right. So you might have one building on fire, but you're going to have damage down the way. So you've got to catch it quick. Oh, man. Can I can I pivot off home improvement for seven seconds, thirty seconds? Shall I put a timer? Depends. On? I want to I want to go into fun. Oh, fun! Historical politics. Okay. About presidential rematches, and this is by a guy in the in the Casa Grande Dispatch, and it was one of the funniest stories I've ever read about rematches. And you know, early in our country's history, the second place person had to serve as the vice president of the winner of the Electoral College. That would be like Hillary Clinton being Donald Trump's vice president. <laughs> now, what a match. Now, I mean, it was Jefferson and, and Adams. I mean, they, were, they hated each other as much as any two people possibly could, but they, they pulled it off. Now, Aaron Burr ended up killing Hamilton. I mean, <laughs> I, mean it, it, I just want to thank Tom Babbage of Casa Grande for writing this article on the presidential rematches that have gone both ways. It was one of the, in, in the heat of the political season, it was one of the most humorous little fun stories I've, I've ever read. So thank you, Mr. Babbage of Casa Grande, for that. We're going to go to... Uh, Robbie, or is you are you waiting for some photos? I have the photos. Okay. But I haven't had a chance to show you. <laughs> okay. I'll come in. All right. Well, I tell you what, Robbie, I understand you got some damage on a patio ceiling in, in particular. You've sent Jennifer some photos. That helps us a lot. We're going to take a look at those photos. If When we take a short break here for a minute, we'll come back and answer your question and get you all fixed up. Like I say, we'll put in your brains the information you need, the tips, the tricks, the trade to get it done and to get it done, Rosie Right, We're here for you. There are other lines open. If you'd like to get in, let us know what you're trying to get down done around your house, home, castle, or cabin, and we'll be more than happy to help you any way we can that we have learned in building and remodeling right here in the great state of Arizona for the last 47 years. one 767 4348 Carrie, 
I want you to take a complaint all the way to the top at Bonneville Broadcasting. Oh, the, you want me to do the uh-huh. dirty work? Uh-huh. <laughs> He's good at that, yeah. huh? Gary? The, uh, <laughs> okay. The buttons on this new board are either a lot smaller or my finger are a lot fatter. <laughs> I was wondering what was going on. I'm, we're looking back at That was all folks. me. That was all me. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's <laughs> uh, uh, all good. That's what live radio is all about. Our weekly to-do this week talks about new to Arizona living. We cover that in the third segment after bottom of the hour news. So uh, that's coming up. But right now, Robbie in North Phoenix, welcome to the program. Thank you. you Hi, Jose. Thanks for taking my call. You bet, buddy. That's why we're here. Thanks for sending um, the pictures. So I got the damage in my, uh, you know, on the ceiling. Uh, just outside, uh, you know, in the patio, and I was just looking at it because when it rained, there was water pouring, and uh, now that I see it, there seems to be a small hole on the second layer above the, you know, so uh, it looks like there's damage to both the layers. Um, Yes. So my question really is, uh, how do I go about fixing it, uh, or if I get a contract, do you know what, what it could cost me? Well, the first thing you're going to want to do is you you have a little roof leak there. So let's analyze the overall condition of the roof. Um, let's take a look at the whole roof. And any one of the Rosie certified roofers will come out and take a look at it and, and give you an assessment for free. Let's just find out what condition we're in. We've got to get the roof leak stopped. The patio is a flat roof. It's leaking and it's finding its way to that light fixture um, at the junction box, which is a hole in the drywall. So that's the first place the water is going to find to escape and that's where it has. It's saturated to the point now pieces of the sheetrock have gotten wet, wet logged and soggy where now you've got pieces falling down. Don't try and replace any of that ceiling until you get the roof leak fixed. And here's how I would go about it. Um, I would take all the sheetrock down and I would get the roof fixed. And whether you do that yourself or you have someone to do it, but then I would wait a rain or two to make sure, in fact, that it doesn't recur in a rain situation. There's other ways to short cycle that and trick it. Sometimes we'll take a little lawn sprinkler that you buy at your Ace Hardware store down at the corner, put a hose, and just put a, a, a rainbow-type oscillating uh, uh, lawn sprinkler up there and it could, in the attempt that it kind of simulates a rain but it's not the best. There's no better test than an actual rain, particularly the rains that we got this last month where you would get an inch over 30 hours. That's a lot different than the rain we're going to get in, in hopefully July and August during the monsoon where it all comes in, in you know, 15 minutes. These winter rains are much different. They manifest much different problems than a monsoon. Let's get the roof assessment. Let's determine if we're going to pay the roofer to fix it or if we're going to try and tackle it ourselves. Let's get the drywall taken down. I wouldn't, I don't think I would try and patch very much of that drywall. You could, you could take half that ceiling down, but I'll tell you that getting it patched and matched and not making it look like a patch and match um, can be hard. I would just take it all down, uh, get the roof fixed, and then at that point, you'll go back and you'll rehang tape and texture the sheetrock. Now, when that's done, I would tell you to use exterior acrylic paint. OK, 
okay, and apply two coats. Once the second coat has dried, you will take paintable silicone caulk and go around the perimeter of the drywall ceiling. And where it butts into the stucco wall of the house, where it butts into the barge rafter of the outside of the patio edge, you will caulk that seam. Let the caulk dry, come back with a small brush, and finish cutting that in and painting it. You are then, and I would do the same thing, I would take the light fixture down, and I would caulk right around that light fixture in the junction box and the edge of the sheetrock. But the edge of the sheetrock is a sponge. And when the monsoon season moves in here, and we're dealing with 45, 60, 70, 80% humidity under multiple days in a row, that drywall is absorbing all that moisture, becoming a sponge. Then it dries back out in September, and the moisture has nowhere to go except out the surface. Then the sheetrock starts delaminating, the texture starts falling on the ground, the tape starts hanging, and it all needs to be repainted again. That little caulk trick around the junction boxes, around the perimeter of the sheetrock, will extend the life of any exterior drywall painted ceiling by at least twice the lifespan if it's not done and not done correctly. So I hope that helps. Easy to find Rosie Certified Roofers. Just go to rosieonthehouse.com. You'll find the Find a Partner tab. Click on there. Type in roofing. Give us your zip code. Boom! You're immediately hit with full referrals, starting with the ones that are located closest to your house. We can't make it any easier than that that I know of, can we? <laughs> no, sir. Let's see how we can help Javier. Calling from Glendale at one 767 4348 That's one rosie for you. Good morning, sir. Hi. Good morning. Am I on? Okay. Yes, sir. I you have a question. I I, <laughs> I did a, a a building, and I did a, a plywood paneling on the outside. Okay. But I didn't put any uh, moisture barrier on there. Okay. Uh, I was wanting to know what product can I use to apply on there. What what do you want the finish? What do you want the finish to be, Javier? Well, I because at first I wasn't. I was just gonna leave it open because it's just a storage shed. But now I'm thinking, why don't why don't I just sheetrock it? But I now I have a concern with the with the moisture. Hang on, barrier. hang on, Javier. Put on there. I'll have a few more questions for you, but I do have to go on a little station break here. Hang on, be patient. I promise I'll make the wait worth your while. I'll give you the information you're looking for. I just can't squeeze it in this quick. Hold on, Javier. And your call as well. Give us a ring. We talk about providing Arizona homeowners with the information they're looking for concerning any and every project they're considering around the house, home, castle, or cabin. Javier called before the last break and has a backyard storage shed that's covered in plywood that he'd like to dress up a little bit. So I'm going to talk him through how I would try and tackle that if it were in my backyard storage shed. Javier, there's a couple of ways you're going you're to want to create a vapor barrier. He specifically said, you know, I might like to sheetrock the inside of this and dress it up a little bit. You're going to make sure the roof is in good shape. Make 
sure the three-tab asphalt fiberglass shingles are all good. You're not leaking there. Then you're going to want to go in underneath the eaves, and you're going to want to start wrapping that plywood. Uh, you could do it in either one of a couple ways. Uh, the most economical way would be you just pull uh, a couple rolls of 15-pound roofing felt, and you would start at the bottom and you would lay one roll all the way around the bottom. They're 30, 36 inches tall, and you would let it hang past the bottom just a little bit. Then the next layer, you're going to cover that layer by about 8 to 12 inches, and you're going to lay it on. Then you're going to go up a third lift, and you're going to overlap at the top a good 8 to 12 inches, and you're going to roll that one on until you get all the way to the bird blocking up at the top of the wall. So now, as moisture gets in, whatever product you're going to apply to the top of that, there's no way for it to get in underneath the felt. You would never want to start at the top and then put the second layer down because as the moisture gets in, now you've created a seam, boom, drops right in behind that second sheet. Start at the bottom, overlay it, third layer, overlay it fourth layer overlay and that's usually high enough where you're going to get up there i would if it was mine do that in two layers i'd put one layer on that way and then i'd cover it with another layer you can use simplex nails or button cap nails or you can use staples but be careful don't let the staple go all the way through the paper at that point you've vapor barriered your shed and now you can put on just about anything you want you could put your one inch of you put your 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 weep screed down at the bottom and put on one inch of uh, high density uh, rigid foam and then put your chicken wire wire over the top of that and then stuck it. You could also put a, a veneer stone on it. So lots of options. You wouldn't have to put the insulating foam on it once you've got the wire the uh, uh, felt up. You could just hang chicken wire and go with the old three coat. Uh, 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 cement stucco is, a, is another option. So that's the first step on getting it water vapor barriered for whatever surface you want to put on it. Now, Javier, I have to give you this notice. If you are contemplating that this is the first step of converting that shed into an auxiliary dwelling unit and turning it into livable quarters, there is a million more things you need to consider. And for that, I would tell you start by listening to last week's podcast. Each Saturday, we have three hours. Each hour is designed to be its own standalone hour. Hour number two and the nine o'clock hour, we call it on the house hour. We spend the hour on a specific element of your home castle or cabin. And last Saturday, we had Bruce and Alex, Alec from Rosie Wright Design Build Remodeling talking about backyard sheds and as living structures and the different options you have available there, permitting process, infrastructure with utilities, etc. So great resource. Just go to rosieonthehouse.com and the homeowner resources, select radio slash podcast. And last Saturday was the 7th. Was it, what was last? 10th. <laughs> oh, the, what, you're asking what me what tenth? date it is? Yeah, it was the 10th. Backyard Casitas by Rosie Wright Design Bill was all of last week. There's a whole hour of it. There are a million things you need to know, Javier. If this is step one of trying to convert that 
to an apartment or an auxiliary dwelling unit. We appreciate the call. one 767 4348 That's 1-888-ROSIE for you if you've got a question. I want to get to this week's article, but Jennifer's got a few catch-ups we got to do from people that were reaching out to us all week long. Sure. We have... Um a text and some red notebooks. So okay. real quick here. Um, she said, we are following your to-do-it-yourself advice. Following your do-it-yourself advice, sorry. But bringing in contractors as we need them. Uh, she says, we have a beautiful custom bathroom made with satia tile. They have put several layers of coating on it, but we'd like it to have that wet look. Remember that wet look? Yep. And um, is there a product out there that can take a high-moisture environment and keep that wet look? And thank you. We print your articles and keep them in a three-ring binder. And every time we start a project, we use your advice first. I would not have put in a sautia tile shower. (laughs) 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 Yes, there are uh, tile sealers that can give it the glossy look. Um, uh, But And... and, and, um, you would just find a ceramic tile, a, a, a porous tile sealer in a glossy finish. Um, I love sautia tile. Uh, it's all through our house, uh, but it's not in our showers. Well, this is on the walls. It's not on the floor. Right. Yeah. But it's in a wet environment. Yeah. Oh, I see. Um, so you're going to need to keep that sealed on a very regular basis. And the trick is when you seal it, you're going to have to abandon that shower and not use it for about a week so that everything gets thoroughly dried out before you seal it. Um, and then once you've sealed it, then again, you can start using it again. So I love the look. I love what you've tried to do. Um, but you have created just a little bit of a maintenance pro- project for yourself. It's doable. Anything's doable. Okay. Uh, how about this one? This uh, red notebook says, I need to remove an evap cooler. We don't use it anymore. What are the steps to removing it? Well, um, that's kind of like how big is your dog? <laughs> how big is a dog? Uh, you can disassemble that evap cooler yourself if you're comfortable on the roof. Take the motor out. That's the heaviest part of it. Take the, uh, the pump out of it. Gut it completely. The exterior shell ca- carriage uh, isn't that heavy. A couple people can rope tie it and drop it off the eave pretty easy and safe. Disassemble it, get it off the roof. Now you've got a hole going into your attic. You can then go to a tin bender and to give him the measurements, and he'll build you a cap for that that will not only just cap the top but have a lip on it of a couple inches with a little drip edge that takes it away from the uh, the, 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 the up duck in general. I'm assuming this is a down draft of that cooler up on somebody's roof. And then you just anchor that cap and you're done. Now, the other question is, do you want to get rid of that duct as well? Well, now you're talking about getting in the attic, eliminating the, the up duct. Uh, I'm assuming now you've got air conditioning duct somewhere else. Now you're getting into the roofing because now you've got to put in a piece of plywood where that hole is cut. You've got to intermingle or either patch the roof or apply that whole area of roof. Uh, if, if you wanted to just get rid of it to stop the cross ventilation, I would just remove the evap cooler. I'd put an insulated cap on that up duck, um, and then just put a a, a a flashed cap over the top of it, 
and be done with it. As far as the electrical, it's already up there with a GFI. It's probably got electrical exterior cover plate on it. The water hasn't frozen in the past. I'd leave it. If I'm just trying to get rid of it, you could leave all of that up there and not worry about it. You want to go the whole nine yards, you're going to need an electrician. You're going to need a roofer. You're going to need a tin bender. Hope that helps. You would need a plumber if... Uh... Well, it depends how they plumbed it. Okay. You know, a lot of that time, it's just a 3-H inch flexible copper line that's put in with a T on a supply line in the attic. (laughs) But if if it was done with a half-inch galvanized line and it penetrates the roof, yeah, then you'll need it. Don't touch that. (laughs) Don't touch that. All right. One of the things we do to try and become your friends, we write a newsletter every single Thursday. And in this week's article... We talked about preparing for the natural disasters, which we covered last hour. But then we also talk about welcoming people to Arizona. And it is a almost like a consumer guide of all the things you need to know about that are different about Arizona homes that are from wherever you move from. And one way I wanted to start off is an article from constructioncoverage.com that specializes in writing uh, articles specifically for builders and real estate developers. Uh, it covers the old, the average age of homes in metropolitan areas. And the oldest homes are in Buffalo, New York, average age 65 years old. Pittsburgh is number two, and so on and so forth. Well, you come to newest home records, uh, you know, Tucson comes in at number 14th with the average age of 35 years old. And Phoenix comes in at number 10 with the average age of 28 years old. That's the first thing. You're coming into an area with much newer construction. My East Coast remodelers tease me all the time. Rosie, you're not a remodeler. (laughs) You're not not a remodeler until you've done a 100-year-old home. (laughs) Well, I've done a 100-year home. It's an adobe home in Paradise Valley. But they're regularly remodeling homes that can be 150 or 200 years old. And um, they don't give me any credit at all. (laughs) And you were talking about using our podcast to help Javier with his outbuilding. If you go back to December's podcast, we actually had three remodelers in studio talking about all the different construction elements that are different to Arizona's homes. So that's another great additional resource that we... You know, everything on the radio broadcast is Captured. podcast and archived. At RosieOnTheHouse.com. Shall we go to Sunny Slope? Well, did you want to cover a few of the things from the article first? I, or? I, let's do that. Let's ask Bruce just to hang on in Sunny Slope for just a minute. Our article is about things you need to know uh, welcoming you as a newcomer to Arizona. I would encourage you to find this and hand it to a neighbor that's just moved in. Send it to someone you know is considering coming here. It kind of talks about what's going to be different here. And one of the first things we cover is stupid motorist law. (laughs) (laughs) And, And in Arizona, you move here from other places in the country. You think it never rains here, and you come up to what looks like a little bitty stream, and you decide you're going to drive across it, and you find out a third of the way across it. This is more than a little bitty stream. Romy, have you ever seen the live edge of a flood? Just video-wise. Yeah. I've only seen it twice. Uh, Once uh, at uh, very near uh, Tonto Basin. And second was the SRP helicopter ride we took uh, on the to cruise the CAP. Mm -hmm. And it was raining up over in the Peoria 
Arrowhead area, and he circled out north to the uh, Lake Pleasant, and it was raining, and you could look down there and see a live edge of a stream. It was dry, and you could see the foam, and you could see the water, water right coming. There. A live edge is pretty intimidating, really. So stupid motorist law is something you need to know. You you drive into an area you shouldn't that you think has two or three inches of water and has eight or nine inches of water, and your car stalls out, you get stuck. Any cost involved in having to come out there and rescue comes right out of your wallet. Also in our weekly to-do article, titled New to Arizona Living, Past the stupid motorist law, well, <clears throat> um, most of that happens in flooding, which is really funny because, you know, generally speaking, you can wait a few hours and the floods recede so quickly that <clears throat> you can continue on your way. Uh, but that water, it's very hard water. What is hard water? Well, it's the amount of mineral deposits that's in the water. Uh, a lot of the calcium, especially around the mining towns. Uh, is in our water that can corrode everything <laughs> everything i was going to say our <laughs> copper pipes but a lot of them are converting over to pex but it can also be harder on your skin in the shower harder on your laundry uh, harder on your dishes so it's softening that water is something that we do recommend and we've got a link to rosie's water filtration guide in that article uh, other things we cover super cooling your home um, taking advantage of shade, dust. We have dust. Some people think there's something wrong with their home. Sometimes it's just it's just dust. And then uh, Arizona, then the Arizona desert landscaping, caring for pets are all additional items that we cover in the article. You That's can on the front page right now at rosieonthehouse.com, and it's information new Arizona residents should know. New to Arizona living, and we'll get to Bruce real quick, who's been patiently on hold with his. Homeowner question. Good morning, Bruce. Good morning, Rosie. How are you? Just got home from fishing, so I thought I was hoping uh-huh. I could catch you before you went off the air. <laughs> How got was the house, bite? Got a house. Got a house built in the fifties up here in Sunny Slope. Cast iron drain pipes. Quick history: twenty-five years ago, I got water on the floor of my bathroom and in my in my bedroom, and I'm thinking it's a water leak. It's not. It's a sewer leak. We take the drywall out, the vanity out, the toilet out, and the contractor used a piece of copper, thin wall copper, with soldered ends with nail ends on it, screwed into the cast iron, and then screwed into a cast iron T because the two bathrooms back up to each other. Well, that got pulled out. It's now plastic. Come up to 2024, three of my neighbors have gone through that, this the contractor in the kitchen uh, drain for the sink apparently used that same copper setup in it's in the wall the block wall one one neighbor actually had a plumber come out and he knocked the hole in and went outside the wall back into the drain pipe which is also a vent pipe my last two neighbors that have had water on the floor in their kitchen there's a plumber that actually has replacement block and he knocks out and takes the block out and replaces that rotted piece of copper pipe. Why they use copper 
to me is the twilight zone. But my question is, rather than going through all that, I know you've talked about now the relining companies that were relined sewer pipes. And I'm wondering, can they reline an inch and a half drain pipe off the kitchen and that makes a 90-degree turn, or do I need to go one of the other routes? <laughs> well, uh, here's, here's what I'm going to tell you. We, we have, in the past, tried to vet the companies that advertise as being lining companies. And we haven't been successful finding any of them that operate at a level of customer service where we can give them the Rosie certification. There is one that we are interviewing with right now that's showing high promise. I'm not going to give their name out over the air, um, but they're not far from you. And uh, we're going to give you their number off air, and you are going to become uh, a part of the research and development team for Rosie on the House. You're going to get them there and get their opinion on what they want done. Then you're going to call me, and I'm going to come over there and see what they're recommending, and you and I will make the decision together. And all you owe me for that is a fishing trip. <laughs> all right. All right, Bruce. Hang on. We'll get you the right number. Um for the for the company we want you to call and like I say they're 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 pretty close to where you are so they'll they'll be familiar with the neighborhood. Hey, what about lessons learned today? Man, what a houseful we had today. It is and I just wanted to those lining options for plum for pipes are great, but it's so new to the market. A lot of people don't know it exist. Yeah. So these companies that are startup and that's all they do, they have a hard time keeping a full crew busy because their public awareness about it doesn't exist yet. So it's it can be it, it's hard to start in a new industry. But yes, today, uh, eight o'clock hour outdoor living. Jay Harper was in with Treeland Nursery and covered you know good subtropical plants that add, uh, add good cover to, color to your landscape or garden. Jim Kowalski told us when you have a property loss, call the restoration company first. Stop the damage. Then call your insurance agent. That's a pretty, a, a pretty good clue on how to save yourself a lot of grief. And that's what we do. Save you grief.